Start dropping like flies Getting stuck drunk and stale mojitos Hailing from Portland, Oregon, TK and the Holy Know-Nothings are a band you have to hear. They call their music Psychedelic Doom Buggy, which is the raddest description I've heard in a long time. They have a hefty honky-tonk vibe, but there are all sorts of influences in their music. Everything from rock to beat poetry. Taylor Kingman, the lead singer and songwriter, not only puts together sonically interesting tunes, his lyrics are deep and insightful as well. Drawing on influences like Jack Kerouac and Allen Ginsberg, the songs explore characters and situations that are intriguing and thought-provoking. I had a chance to chat with them when they stopped by Lake Tahoe on tour with J.J. Gray. I met up with them after soundcheck at the show and talked with lead singer Taylor, guitar player Jay Cobb Anderson, and bass player Louie. We had a fun, casual conversation about their most recent release, The Incredible Heat Machine. I hope you dig it. Uh, all right, well, I was wondering if you could uh, start off telling us a little bit about the band, like when you guys formed and uh, how long you've been together and who's in the band and all that. Yeah, I think... When was our first gig, though? Was it, um, I think it might have been 2015, or was it 2017? I was going to say 16. <laughs> There's a two-year know, gap yeah. between the two options. When the band started, it was like, it was, it was a pleasure project. We all played in different bands. We all were really good friends. Um, and we, but like anytime we all were in town, we started like doing this, like we were recording at uh, T-Tom's, Tyler, the drummer's house. Um, and we, Jay and Sid and I were living in a house, um, and Tyler lived like two blocks down the road and had a basement studio. And then uh, Louis was just up in North Portland, but it was very easy to come together. And we also had a situation where, like, with his roommates, we were able to record at any time, which rocked. Yeah, um, and it uh, also there was a there was a gig that Taylor got at um, a little place in town called the Landmark Saloon and it was like the last Tuesday of the month and like a four hour set four hour set three sets on the the ham and egg circuit (laughs) (laughs) so like when we started as a band our very first gig ever was a four hour gig and and all of the next like four or five gigs that we did were all these last Tuesday gigs that were all four hour I've been wanting to do a project like this, and then that, uh, but went like that venue asking me to do this this set. It's a you know it's a country bar. I was having coffee with with Jay and Tyler, and they were super busy with fruition. But I was like, I was like, do you guys happen to be in town on these like, you know this last Tuesday or whatever it was? Mm-hmm. And it just so happened with their schedule that they always were in town on that. <laughs> and then I talked to Sid and Lou, and it worked out. So. We just get together once a month and have these four-hour sets in this cramped little saloon. So right. short answer is fate. <laughs> That's how we formed it. Right. I mean, he also, when Taylor sort of hand-picked everyone to do these gigs, he picked everyone who, like a bunch of people who you could put together to do a four-hour thing without very much rehearsal at all. We got together and, and rehearsed a bunch of his original tunes pretty quickly, mm-hmm. just by showing the sort of the forms. And then went off and played the gig, but also was like, "Here's this Gillian Welch cover. I'll just play it. You guys just just Figure jump out. on in. <laughs> yeah. Just jump on in." So yeah, right. So how how much did you guys practice like before your first sets? I mean, was it just a couple times? I think we had two. Yeah. Wow. Two practices before, but they were like kind of all day practices. All day, That's usually yeah. how we practice. Still, okay. we we like to just get together and kind of 
kind of hang out and just get back in the flow together again. Workout routine. Yeah. Taylor's really good at. We'll just we'll have we'll always have a rehearsal before shows, so it's really right. nice. It's nice. Not all bands are like that, you know. So yeah. it's I I find it really uh, um like a pretty important thing. Yeah. Makes me want to do it with all the other bands. It's <laughs> like maybe yeah. we should be rehearsing every time before we play shows. Right. Yeah. Just get in the flow. Absolutely. So uh, you, you call yourself, or I mean, you call the, the the music psychedelic doom boogie, which I think is a pretty amazing name uh, <laughs> stuff what came up with but um what, i was wondering if you could just talk about that a little bit and kind of where that that phrase came from yeah i mean i really um being at the laurel thirst which is a really special bar in in portland um that has kind of carried this the same kind of spirit of this like strange kind of outsider freaky roadhouse music country rock kind of stuff mm-hmm. i was getting into so many of those bands um, Louis one of the owners of that bar now, oh. and, and he books it. Um, but I wanted to do something like that, so I was trying to do some some like I, I feel like there's a very specific like northwestern strain of country, and yeah. that's what we were trying to do our version of. Okay. Like, um, so yeah, we wanted to, the music to be um, to to live in a bar, but be extremely alive and wild and. Uh, that's kind of more the psychedelic nature of it. Like, like we, we, we do, you know, we rehearse. The songs have forms, but they're always, um, they're always living and alive. And, you know, we're playing them different in the moment and right. responding to each other and, and listening. I think, and Doom more probably uh, refers to, like, the, the doom that faces us all. It's the doom of the characters in the song and the sort of inherent tension yeah, of life. Like it's not like doom, like anything. we're not supposed to sound like sleep or, but that or like said, earth or something like that. You there's, know? there's some moments. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, we have that within us. We for get sure. heavy, yeah. It'll get heavy, but... but we're also trying, you know, the boogie is like, you know, we're trying to dance. Trying to get people to dance even if the songs are, uh, you know, lyrically really depressing maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's interesting is like there are aspects of the sound of the band that are very much like roadhouse dance and fun good times tunes but we also have this other side that's really tender sometimes oftentimes very dark uh you know thoughtful there's some very thoughtful stuff going on and it's funny because there's some situations where it's like people are expecting us to be a party band maybe when they come in but you we're not necessarily a good time all the time it's a deep time yeah but it's not it's every time. aspect of it is like uh is like supposed to you know we just want you to feel yeah there's a lot of honesty this is what ties us all together right which makes great songs honesty so yeah, absolutely for sure well the the album is recorded live right mm-hmm. and um i think it comes through pretty well i mean it sounds it has a cool sound to it. it sounds tight and everything but uh, i was wondering if you just talk about the the recording process for you yeah, we did it the same way that we've actually done all three of our releases. Uh, there's a a theater, super old theater, in Enterprise, Oregon, which is far east Oregon. Um, and uh, we were just able to hold up there and kind of, you know, be isolated and focused. Um, and, yeah, we, it's usually been like, I think, like three or four days that we've done all the product, like, done the records with and uh tyler the drummer is our engineer too okay. so mm-hmm. is, uh, it, is it his place where you guys record at? no our, um it's owned by 
Daryl Brand, yeah. just a guy in town. Uh, and our friend Bart Budwig, who's another songwriter and recording engineer, lives in the theater. Um, okay. Right, he uses so he it for recording space really projects well. and he helps them run the theater for shows that are coming through and stuff like that. It's a really, it's a tiny little town, but it's full of like crazy artists who double as ranchers. and Really good, really and talented musicians. Grow their tons own of, yeah, and you've never seen a more like uh, a talented and vibrant group of like septuagenarians as some of the people living out there. There's a bunch of these really old, really righteous people out there. It's like a bunch of old hippies moved out there. Kind of. Yeah, like hippies. They like they even artists. Have, they have really like a literary artists. society out yeah. there and stuff like that. There's they have a lot like, of they have like renowned authors come and do yeah. stuff. You know, also, fish trap. It's called. Also, it's a uh, Joseph. Oregon, which is right down the road from Enterprise, is like the bronze, bronze art capital of hmm. America. Uh, so there's a lot of just like sculpture. It's just artists, you know, right. tons of different kind of. And artists. the highway doesn't go anywhere. Okay. It's a really yeah, cool thing. It, it dead ends about, up there. You yeah. can get it can go over the mountain, but only for like a few months of the year in the summer. <laughs> Generally, the highway just goes there. So anybody going there is just like it's not on the road to anywhere. You're going to go there. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it's very sleepy. Right. But the, the records uh, were all recorded live, but not necessarily in front of an audience. Just recorded. There's right. no overdubs like the performances or as we play them. Right. The, on the first record. The town people there have been so supportive of our music ever since we got started and stuff like that that uh, we were there recording Hold Up in the Theater for days and days and um, one night like we went over to the bar and after the bar closed we invited everybody over to the theater and, and so on the first record there is like a... There's, you can hear some there's, crowd there's noise, one, one, one track we used, yeah. Yeah, that ended up being like the, the best version of that song we had from the whole week of sessions was the one in front of the audience, so... It's awesome. Yeah, that sounds cool. It reminds me a lot. I've been learning about uh, Marfa, Texas. I didn't know about that town until recently. Right. Mm -hmm. it's not, that's not, that town kind of sounds like Marfa. There's, yeah. yeah. There's all these little hidden gems. Yeah. Right. Bisbee, Arizona, Marfa, Texas, Terlingua, hmm. Texas as well. Uh, just these little places where the artists like kind of, kind of thrive. Right. Music, musicians, and you know. But the process for recording both the records was pretty much the same thing with the exception of the first record. We had already been rehearsing the actual um, track track order. Mm -hmm. We played a few shows and gone through it. So when we went out to the, to the theater to record, we just ran through. We'd just do that order and then right. we'd stop and we'd start over, do that order again. So we did that for a few days. It was really easy to get a lot of great takes because we'd already been playing a lot. For the second record, it was kind of, we weren't as rehearsed. Mm -hmm. So it was a different method. We kind of focused song by song. Okay. Still had some transitions in mind, though. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really the only difference between the two. Yeah, Taylor the, the was still. The drums are on the. Th on the Stage this for the first record, right? And on the second record, we actually put them into the where the audience is, right? Okay, to a little isolation, yeah. A little I, we, were to take, we were trying to take advantage of the of the like the big theater, which we sound, which we right. actually ended up not using, <laughs> yeah. right. but we were trying stuff. TK yeah. was even still writing the lyrics to Hell of a Time, yeah, until. It ended up being the last song we tracked because right we had, we we had worked it. it out and had it all set as a song except the, he hadn't finished the words. And he showed me the way to that holy elevator I've been 
killing angels I've been killing time Got a pocket full of halos Got a pile of light He just sat up on that stage until, until they came Till he worked them Went over to the Went over to the bar. Is that, is that <laughs> where they came? I remember you sitting in that easy chair for a while. You tried for a minute. For a yeah. I went. I went over to, yeah, to the bar for like an hour, and came back. Best first. Had a gym. If you ask me. Had a gym. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, the the sequencing of the album feels like a live set, and I, I was wondering if the recording of that kind of jived with that whole deal. Well, yeah, like, like he was saying, we did it more song by song, so we didn't have the order set yet. Um, and actually, we've for our release, we did a two two show release party in in Portland at Mississippi Studios, um, and for the first night, we tried to do the album uh, as is live. And it's actually pretty difficult because there's so much switching with the band members, like oh, between okay. songs. Right. It was like it was like really hard to to get yeah. it tight. It was still cool. I'm glad we did it, but um, the other the other one was a lot easier to do. How's it going? Got some pizza for you, boys. Sydney so, Nash uh, and pizza. <laughs> Thank my sister. Thanks, Thanks buddy. Yeah, hell yeah. I'm gonna go get a, get them inside. I'll see you guys up there. Okay. okay. Um, nice. That's a good pizza joint. Yeah. <laughs> but we did try and make that the the record uh you know like that same kind of thing very much an experience of the flow of the it, whole album it takes a us, lot on the journey yeah. of it for sure it takes us a long time to do that too because i'm sorry am i sorry no it took it took it takes us a long time to do that because uh like the limitations of vinyl oh okay you know what I mean? Like, like there was we had worked on a sequence of what we had hoped the record to be, and then it turns out it doesn't fit well. With like five because, songs on one side. Yeah, because you're. What is the the time of it? It's like around twenty-one minutes or something. Yeah, and squeeze more than that, but it starts to lose sound quality, right? Yeah. Right. So. Interesting. So um, I wanted to talk about uh, uh, Serenity Prayer, um, that song, and um, just kind of where it, it's got some religious references to it, like St. St. Francis kind of deal. But I was wondering, uh, one, lyrically, um, is that influenced by, it, like, if you grew up in sort of a religious setting, or just kind of where where that whole thing kind of kind of came from? Um, well, it's kind of started, like, the chorus came later, but it started as more of just... With that bar I mentioned earlier, Laurel Thirst, um, they're kind of famous for their their happy hours that happen six to eight. There's a lot of bands that have been like not touring anymore that have been playing these this certain happy hour every week for like 15 years or mm -hmm. something. Um, on Sunday, the Freak Mountain Ramblers, that's their happy hours, and it's you know always considered church and like all these freaky freaky hippies hang out there every Sunday, they've been doing it for years. Um, so I also play there all the time, and I was kind of just trying to capture, like, my experience, like, waking up, playing again at the Laurel Thirst, and like, and getting back home, just like that kind of, that, that cycle. Right. Um, Serenity Prayer uh, came into the chorus, because it, it uh, you know, just found some fun wordplay for it. Right. Uh, it's, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of alcohol involved in the world that this you know band writes about. So that's just one different take that was involved in it. But yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I like that. In their 
too for people who are musicians and people who are really into music that there's a kind of a sacred aspect to um, to music in general not like going to church but you know mm -hmm. like like the music and the venue and all that kind of is you know this this shared space yeah know? it's a spiritual experience and it's also uh you know it's funny because the name the name tk and the holy no nothings is something that taylor like got out of I think like a Kerouac book from what he was saying like Dharma bombs Dharma bombs oh, okay. but um, but the that holy reference I always found it really interesting because the Laurel Thirst all, the Freak Mountain Ramblers is uh, is like an amalgamation of, of dudes who were in some of them were in the Holy Modal Rounders <laughs> so there's that holy connection there mm -hmm. and then also talking about like you know in Serenity Prayer he talks about Jeffrey Frederick who was a singer-songwriter who played at the Laurel Thirst also <laughs> and they'd like switch out gigs or, or they'd switch out who's playing what set and kind of share musicians and him and Michael Hurley him and Michael and Michael Hurley uh, yeah and so there was like Jeffrey Frederick and the Clamtones and Michael Hurley and the Holy Modal Rounders and the Freak Mountain Ramp so they were just all this big thing but it was that holy reference just kind of I throughout all of the songs that like Taylor writes it seems like there's some kind of religious -y twist it's not like religion as much as it is like sacred the sacredity kind of right. thing like talk, yeah. talking about even the like lowest of the low people <laughs> like in songs having a you know like putting a soul to it you know right. Absolutely. So, are you pretty influenced by beat poetry? Because there's there's a lot of that going on with like Kerouac and, and a lot of those guys. Yeah. No. No. I was I'm really influenced by beat poetry. And also to answer the, like the question before, it's like I was not raised religious, but uh, I've always um, been I've always loved religious language and and like that kind of that kind of stuff to be yeah played with and used. And I do feel like a very spiritual person. So, but right. That's awesome. Well, the incredible heat machine has uh, this really uh, cool, cool jam. It's it's, um, it's it's got a bunch of different sections to it, but it also has this um, pre prize. Is that is that how you pronounce that? First um, yeah, pre prize. So like the, kind of the intro to it is this pre prize. The first thing, the first time I think I've uh, seen that before. I've seen reprise, but not pre prize. So right. um, <laughs> just kind of interested in where that idea came from. And it was because that that, that was the song that I had for a long time, just that the pre-prize was the entire song. And I, I kept trying to add more words to it, but it felt like it just diluted what was already there. So I just kept it as this short song that I would do um, in between other songs. I'm a train, I was built fade away I will run where my tracks have Eventually, when we were 
Um, we were on tour, um, and I was trying to finish up some songs before we, we recorded this record, and um, I found a way to do that song, um, it, like as we did as the Incredible Heat Machine, just in, in a more rock and roll fashion, and uh, and then it just it started. It was easier for me to add other lyrics to it because it, it like had a different uh, angle. And it was like it was more fun, and I was and I wanted to kind of just have a song about about us as a band. Mm. Right. Yeah, that song is interesting because it goes through a bunch of different changes, and I, I, there's a bunch of songs on the album that do that uh, quite a bit. Like it just switches up right in the middle of the of the song. I think that's a, like a cool little touch because it gives it some some character. You know. Thanks. Yeah, the band like we we all arrange the the music together, and we get we get really into all that. Yeah. Yeah. Is it kind of like an organic thing? Like while you're playing, just kind of like see where things go and. Yeah. Yeah. It's mo- it mostly is. I'm trying to think if there was ever a hard time trying to like. I mean, we we'll argue about stuff. Yeah, we argue about stuff, but yeah, because everybody really cares about just wanting it to be the best. Right. So Taylor will bring in like a song, and then uh, he'll play like what he has, and then if he has any thoughts about like where oh, I feel like I'm feeling like something's lacking here, or you know, he'll start asking questions about do we do two times through this or do we do three times through this or whatever. And then as we're going through that process, any everyone in the band starts having these. How about we try this? Yeah, you know, and we're willing to like chase down <clears throat> sure. any idea. Yeah, of and like, oh, let's make it hit like this. Boom, right. bang, boom, bang. Let's and, try that. And also with what's really great about this band is with instrumentation too, because <clears throat> you know this record, the newest record, I play bass on two of the songs, which like. I, I haven't been on a record playing bass like in a long time, maybe since I was like a kid. Right. And I don't even count that. So, <laughs> but like you know, there was one of the songs, um, just the right amount. That at one point we were like screwing around with it, trying to figure out what's going to make this song what it is. And at one point we were just kind of like, these Louis and uh, Sid both play trumpet, and we just like came to the idea of like okay what if these guys play trumpet and i just play bass and then we just have taylor on the acoustic guitar like he normally is mm-hmm. and of course keep tyler on the drums because no one can play drums so that, right. that's the one guy that doesn't <laughs> switch um and taylor too he doesn't really switch but um so yeah it's like stuff like that is makes this band so fun to be in too because there's all these different ideas you can be like you know we can have two trumpets like Right. Let's give it a shot, see what happens. And it turned out so cool. What in the afternoon? Seven devils in the moonlight. They ought to make some room. Yeah, it's funny when I was listening and I was thinking that it um, there I was I was trying to place the sounds and it finally hit me that I think it was the trumpet. I was like, oh, cake! Like the, the trumpet and the distorted mm-hmm. guitar. There, there's a little bit of like, mm-hmm. and it, you know, it don't sound just like that band. Sure. But like it's you know, you, you don't hear a whole lot of electric guitar and trumpet in music. You know? Right. Kind of an interesting mix of, of tones. Mm-hmm. Sure. Now, especially the vibe of the stuff that we do. There's not a lot of. Uh, double trumpet things in like modern new no. country stuff you know like 
But I'm from rural Folk. New Mexico, so I listened to a lot of like mariachi stuff growing up. Mm -hmm. Right. Traditional rancheras and stuff. So the sound of a couple of trumpets blaring it out is like works totally right up your totally alley. In my alley. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well. Um, you guys are out on tour with uh, JJ Gray and, and Mofro, and I uh, just kind of got started on that. How much longer are you guys on tour with them, and where are you going from here? I think till the 14th. Um, tomorrow's a, a, a drive day, and then the day after that, the 11th, we play Portland. Okay. Um, but it's been great, yeah. They're an awesome band. JJ's a class act. Mm -hmm. It's been fun. Cool. And are you guys touring uh, much after that? Are you going to take a break in, in December? We're going to finish out some dates on our own till like the 21st. And then um, I think, yeah, that'll be, I think, it for this year. Um, we have some other projects we're doing. Mm -hmm. Finish it out, but I don't think we'll be on the road. Right. How's it been with, like, you know, the masks and, and COVID and all that? Has it been fairly smooth for you guys? I feel comfortable, yeah. It's like everyone's been pretty great at the venues and everyone's wearing masks, you know? Um, yeah, we just, we're careful in gas stations and yeah. restaurants and places in between. Mm -hmm. But uh, most folks have, you know, gotten vaccinated, especially in this game. Mm -hmm. So that makes you feel a little more comfortable too. You know, everybody in this game wants stuff to be <laughs> like open and so it's like right. they're so that makes us feel a little more comfortable also so right yeah that's good that's good i uh yeah just i wonder about all those bands out there and kind of where things are going it seems like seems like it's sticking like people are still touring and things are happening and yeah mm -hmm. you know so it's, it seems it's like starting to i have seen a few few different friends bands like just get to the point where they go thank you thank you you know where they get to the point where you know they're like test somebody in the band gets sick and then they have to cancel a, a right. few dates till they can get that negative test and so it's still tricky you know right. and that and that kind of those kind of stories definitely keep us on our toes but mm -hmm. we're pretty good about everyone in this band's pretty good about like we don't have a problem putting a mask on you know and like yeah. trying to keep our distance from folks and things like that so. For sure. Yeah. Cool. So, um, if people want to find out more about you guys online, buy merch, and do all that kind of stuff, what, what's the best place to look for you? Um. Well, I mean, Instagram's always good, but we have a website that's just our name. Yeah. Nothings.com and you can pretty much. I think there's a link to anything you would want to follow us, whether that be Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, all the stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The one-stop shop. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Cool. Haven't visited it in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's all the questions I had for you, but uh, I appreciate you chatting with me. And, um, yeah, that's, I, I love the album. I've been listening to it this last week. I've listened to it probably 10, 12 times. I love it. Awesome. awesome. It's great. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Will. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for coming out here with the tight schedule. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, and thanks to the band for chatting with me. Check them out online and on tour. And while you're at it, like and subscribe to my show. Leave me a rating. It really helps the show get more exposure. And follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Until next time, everybody, have a good one. Amen.